We are brought to you by Joshua Lafon with Simply Vegas Real Estate, a realtor here to help educate current and future Las Vegas locals on selling and investing in real estate. You're probably asking yourself, educate. Yes, there's a surprising amount of adults that when it comes to real estate, don't know the right questions to ask, don't know where to start, and think they need a lot of cash to buy a house in Nevada, which simply isn't true. So Josh has decided to make it his responsibility to teach his clients what they need to know and equally important, what they need to ask to help ensure making their home ownership dreams a true reality. So make sure you call or text Joshua LaFont today at 702-813-0533. This has been another paid advertisement from Joshua LaFont with Simply Vegas Real Estate. Make sure you give him a call, 702-813-0533. Like we always do about this time. James Russell, you hustling son of a... It's me, your daddy, Roberto. Give me a boy's name that starts with the letter H. Jose. Now look at me now. How far we go back? Elementary. Jump rope. High and go see. Pity pad. Red light, green light. Red light, green light. When you just talk about practice, we sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. About practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We talking about practice, man. But we talking about practice right now. We talking about practice. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's right, Straight Bet Sports. You guys are tuned in live. We are coming to you live from downtown Las Vegas, Nevada, here on the Gorilla Cross Radio Network, Wednesday night, just past 7.30 p.m. Brand new time. We're enjoying it. We're loving it. Got the fellas in the studio. Everyone is in the house tonight, so we are ready to go. We got a packed show for you guys. Fun, ready, excited. Got someone on the show that jumped on the show with me a long long time ago like we said when i was doing this at home so i'm excited to have this gentleman back on the show we'll introduce him here shortly but i want to introduce everyone in the studio with us tonight and not only that give a big shout out to our sponsor joshua lafon as you saw that in the beginning of the video there always hooking us up here on gorilla cross radio thank you to simply vegas real estate with joshua lafon we greatly appreciate you now the we in the studio of course you guys already know what it is Jay Madrazo, the new addition to the team here. New because he's new on the camera, new on the mic. So, you know, we're letting him spread his wings. But he's been with us for a while here. He took a little hiatus, but he came back. We're glad we still got him on the team. And, of course, the one and only Rob G made it in the building today. Hey, made it. Made it. Now, he, he, he's, he's being told to move a little bit. I think it's Joel's being told to move on the camera. Now, we do have a bet in the building. We're going to talk about a bet that Rob and I had earlier in the week that Rob's not too happy to talk about. But we do have a bet in the building. Quan and Rob have a bet that we're going to talk about later here in our in our barbershop section, as we like to call it here, our barbershop topic of the night. We'll, we'll talk about that and some hockey there. But if you guys are watching, man, we greatly appreciate you. You're probably watching us live on all Gorilla Cross platforms, that being YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, we're live completely. If you're on there right now and you're watching us, do us a favor. Click that like button, drop a comment, share. We'll go from there. Let everyone know what it is you're enjoying tonight. We greatly appreciate you. It's episode 65, 66, yeah, where we at, Joel? Around yeah, there, give or take. Yeah. Go on YouTube. You'll see what episode number one. I'm a little lost on that, but it's been a fun ride, man, going on a year and a half here at Gorilla Cross Radio. We greatly appreciate Quan 5'9". 
for doing what he does for us every single week behind the big board here at Gorilla Cross Radio. But if you want to join us and follow us on all of our social medias away from the show once we're done to check out everything we have going on, we do have a show page for the Straight Bet Sports that Joel runs. He was at the Aces game last weekend. He had some video there covering every single quarter. So we're trying to do different things there, trying to grow the pace. So check it out, Straight Bet Sports on Facebook. If not, you can check me out on Twitter as well. And on IG, we do have that. And Straight Bet Sports on YouTube. We post all of the shows on there once we're done. Any interviews that I had, I got to interview Brittany Griner about a couple weeks ago when she was announced for the women's basketball team for the USA. So that's pretty cool. Just a lot of different content we got up there. So check out all of our social media platforms. Not only that, if you look at everything that we have on our screen, we all have our social media platforms. So anything you want to know what it is that we're doing or what's going on with us, go ahead and check it out. But once again, we are coming to you live from downtown Las Vegas, Nevada, here on Guerrilla Cross Radio. Now, the person that I'm about to bring on is someone that I admire from afar and I like to learn from from afar and I have for a few years now. Still haven't met this gentleman in person, which is the crazy thing about it. But with the age of social media that we live in, does not really matter. I want to go ahead and introduce the one and only Nick Hamilton joining us live from L.A. Out of Nightcast Media, previously Nightfall Media, if I do have that correct here. Nick, thank you for joining us tonight. Love the shirt. Like we said, the Outcast shirt, not an Atlanta Hawks shirt. But love it, man. Yes, sir. How's your evening going out there, my man? Hey, man, it's going great, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Long time coming. Like I said, the last time we did this was episode two. We were talking about um, Steve Ballmer buying the Great Western Forum. You were talking about the new mayor of Inglewood, I believe it was, and just the vision and the projects and everything that, that's happening in that part of L.A. County, which is amazing. But you've seen the growth out there, my man. You've seen the growth of everything going on with L.A., with all the sports stuff coming back. I'm from originally from South Central L.A. I was there when everything left, when all we had was basically the Lakers or the Kings and then MLS and things like that started growing. But how is it now seeing the growth in Inglewood with all of that, the new construction, the new stadium, and just sports in general in that side of the city? Man, let me tell you, the money has returned in a huge way. I mean, when you look at what Hollywood Park was for, what was it, two years before the property was actually sold and developed and had plans for development, you look at what the form, how that was run down, I believe it was a church kind of renting it out from time yep. to time uh, until, uh, I believe, MSG uh, paid about 100 well, they invested, I should say, $110 million in revamping it. I mean, it's, it was a beautiful structure. I had a chance to witness a lot of concerts, the Bad Boy Reunion Tour, uh, that I was able to cover a couple other concerts that I was in there for. So it's a beautiful venue. Uh, when you go across the street, uh, you know, Stan Kroenke, Stockbridge Capital have done an outstanding job. I mean, that structure at SoFi Stadium is probably sports heaven. It's the best structure in all of sports, all of entertainment. Uh, it is better than Jerry's World. Jerry's World is now number two. Allegiant Stadium, That though I have not been inside, I've passed by it. It is probably better than Allegiant Stadium. I know that may be... Uh, uh, hard on the ears for your, your Las Vegas listeners and watchers, <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. LA's got it, baby. But it's all the West Coast, so it's all love. But, I mean, we just had, uh, they just announced a YouTube theater that's also on the grounds of the SoFi Stadium at Hollywood Park. It's about 300 acres that they're, they're continuing to develop. The NFL Network has recently moved in. Uh, they're going to build uh, shops, bars, restaurants. Uh, a 300-room hotel is also scheduled to be on there. Uh, office space, and then across from SoFi Stadium on the south end of Hollywood Park, which is like Century Boulevard, which you take to the LAX airport, diagonally across is going to be the Clippers Future Arena, 
along with their office space and practice facilities across the street. So that's going to be very interesting. And Inglewood, they really can't handle traffic as it is. So I don't know how in the hell they're going to handle all the rest of this traffic, especially on certain nights where you have football and basketball uh, on, on certain days at this, uh, you know, pretty much one in the morning and one at night. Uh, I don't know how that's going to be handled, but I'm sure this, the lovely folks in the city of Inglewood will figure all of that out when the time comes for it. But it's it's been a great thing, man. I, I love the fact that we're seeing more opportunity for jobs. You see more opportunity for people to really come out, especially as the world continues to open back up. And really, to be honest with you, I mean, I was at SoFi last season covering the Chargers and a couple of Rams games last year, and obviously there was no fans there. It was piped-in crowd noise, which was annoying as hell. Uh, but <laughs> it's like watching a Madden game. <laughs> Oh man, it was it was it was so. At times, it was eerie because it was like a it was nobody there. It was just like the players, us in the media in the press box, and then that's it. But it was nothing around there to do. So if fans were able to come in, they couldn't really tailgate. They couldn't really go to like a bar or a restaurant after the game or maybe during the game just to be in the atmosphere. Now they'll have an opportunity to have that experience where they not only won't just be able to experience SoFi Stadium and having the team store and the great restaurants that are inside, but also you get the chance to go outside that, that beautiful man-made lake that they have, um, you know, adjacent to SoFi Stadium. You get a chance to, to look at that and be a part of that. You get a chance to go eat, go hang out with your friends, grab a couple beers or two, take a couple shots, whatever you want to do. You'll be able to have that experience now, either during or post-game, uh, at SoFi Stadium. So, you know, listen, the fans are in for a treat, and uh, it's definitely well worth the wait, let me tell you. Nick Hamilton from Nightcast Media joining us here on Straight Bet Sports Live on Gorilla Cross Radio Network. Once again, like I said, download the Gorilla Cross app if you guys have not already done so on your Apple App Store, Google Play Store. If not, GorillaCross.com. We are streaming live there as well. So, Nick, before we get into football, since you are, we already brought it up, we got the stadiums, the Rams, the Chargers, we definitely got to talk about that. I want to talk about Nightcast Media a little more because for the people that don't know you, you do a lot more than just sports. We were talking about that before we started. You do a lot more with culture in general, music, hip-hop, all of that stuff. I've seen things that you've done with um, the Dog Pound, with Daz and Dillinger and, and those type of people when they've had outings and things of that nature. Talk more about Nightcast Media and what it's all about. Yeah, man. Nightcast Media, definitely, uh, we were we were Nightfall Media, but due to some legalities, we were able to have to rebrand. And fortunately, during the pandemic, it was a, a, per, a I don't want to say a perfect time, but a good time to have opportunity to rebrand and restructure things and be able to have kind of just kind of just review the vision of what we wanted to do and the direction that we wanted to go in, uh, and the people that we wanted to acquire along the way. And so the whole cat, the whole outlook, and the whole. Um, I would say vision of Nightcast Media would basically be just, uh, yeah, we cover the mainstream stuff, sports, entertainment, pop culture, tech, but also we want to give a voice to the community. We want to be able to highlight things in, in black communities and communities of color and be able to give that voice to where middle America doesn't always speak to and be able to highlight and tell our stories the way that we want to tell those stories. And that's not any, against anybody that has told stories, but it's always good when you are able to tell your own type of story and be able to disseminate that to the audience and to the masses. And so that's what we wanted to do and just be a vessel uh, as far as the people are concerned to highlight certain things, whether it be restaurants, whether it be community events, whether it be, uh, you know, just things that are going on in various neighborhoods and communities across the country. And for people that are not just look like us, but again, people of color, uh, women, uh, just everybody, that you know, LGBTQ, as far as, because we feel like everybody has a story. Everybody's important. 
Um, but our community is definitely important and definitely needs ha- has a voice that needs to be respected and heard um, as far as, you know, just having that aspect. And then the black owned media aspect of it as well, uh, being able to get into these venues to, to push for change and economic inclusion, uh, which is something that many have continued to push for people like Byron Allen, people like Ice Cube, people like, you know, Roland Martin and Earl Graves Jr. and, and, and several others that have on the, on the top tier have continued to push for economic equality, uh, equality and inclusion. But also, too, we want the same things because, you know, for us in Black-owned media outlets and up-and-coming media outlets, you know, when you look at these bigger outlets, they're treated like the NBA stars of today. But we're looked upon and we're, we're, we have to be treated like we're the NBA stars of the 60s and 70s, meaning we have to do this, but then also a lot of us have a nine to five just to keep ends meet. But if we had the, 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 the fortitude and we had the opportunity rather to be able to get acquire those, those, those funds and acquire that capital to continue our businesses, to keep them going, we would, we would be much further along and be able to compete a lot more with the bigger outlets. So that's what we're also pushing for as well. It's just economic inclusion and being having and having a seat at the table. And I love that you say that because a lot of people don't know that a lot of people, like you said, in the media profession, whether it's freelance or not, a lot of us have a nine to five. A lot of us, this isn't our moneymaker. This isn't our breadwinner. You know what I mean? So it's a lot harder for some of us to do it. So I, I, I totally love that you said that. But overall, in general, man, you got to be enjoying just the media aspect of everything that's going on in, in, in L.A. because it's growing again, Nick. It, it's growing. It, it's coming back. It, it, it's good for everybody, not just the city of Inglewood, but it's good for L.A. in general. I mean, I grew up in South Central L.A., like I said. I, I grew up seeing all of that leave. I, I saw when everything got taken from us. The NFL was gone. They said, we're out. We don't want to be here. And it was tough because you still had a lot of fans that were for that, that still wanted to see that. Now, cultures are different. Times are different. This is going back to the way that you do media. You and I were having this conversation before the show. Some of the questions that you ask. And, and what people what I, what I mean by that is that you don't ask the normal media questions like, you missed nine shots out of 20 today. How do you feel about it? You ask questions that the younger culture, the now, the different type of people are going to understand and are going to want to know. Because nowadays we live in a culture where people are going, are those the Jordan 1s? Are those the 10s? Are those this? Are those the LeBrons? So if a player is wearing a certain amount of shoes, a person at home might want to be knowing what they're wearing or why they wore them. So talk about the questions that you like to ask and how you like to change it up. Man, you got to have fun in this thing, man. <laughs> you know, we, we we are so fortunate to be in it, have the opportunity to do what we do. I mean, when you think about the perks that come with it, yeah, there's, there's some BS that comes along with it, but there's also some good perks that come along with it as well. So you have to know how to navigate your way through all of that and be able to still rise to the top. And to me, I just my whole goal, I'm not an X's and O's type of person. Never have been. That, that was never... You know, my thing, I can memorize certain stats if I need to, but I'm more I'm more about the humanization of an individual. I want to humanize the players. I want to be able to be relevant and be able to to be able to disseminate information to from the diehard fan to the very casual fan. And as you alluded to earlier, yo, what is you know, what is what is such and such wearing? Are those the P are those the Kobe PEs? Are those the the LeBrons? Are those the Jordan Twelves that haven't come out yet? Are those the, the Yeezys? Like you want to be able to tap into that and know what the hell you're talking about. Because if you don't, you, <laughs> as you well know, people will get on your head real tough and in a hurry. So you definitely have to be on, on top of your game. But it's also being comfortable in your own skin. And I, I like we talked about off air, you know, we've been in 
several Q and A's and now Zoom conferences now, which yep. are the new Q and A's. Um, and yeah, we'll ask some basketball questions or some football questions or baseball questions or what have you. But also, it's like, hey man, I saw you got you know you got an endorsement deal with Dr Pepper. Like, how did that come about? What, what made exactly you, you know what made you want to partner up with Dr Pepper of all you know bottling companies? You know. How, uh, or if you were Body Armor, for example, what made you choose Body Armor over this brand over here or that brand over there? So it's just different things that, and, and if you notice, a lot of the players they enjoy talking about that stuff, you know. And that's the lovely thing about versatility, especially when you're on these red carpets, because you I could be at an entertainment red carpet, I could be at a sports red carpet. They all cross together. Pop culture and sports have all crossed together, and. People get tired about, oh, so what do you think about your latest movie? It's like, okay, your movie is cool, <laughs> but I, I, I noticed you, you know, you're a Dodger fan. I mean, you know, are you a Mookie Betts guy or, you know, what do you think about Clayton Kershaw? Is he a, is he a first battle Hall of Famer to you? And then they start just going on and on and on. And I, and the funny thing about it, bro, like I remember I was talking to Billy Bob Thornton one year nice. at this red carpet. And we were talking about, you know, just his success and, and with acting and movies and things like that. And I said, hey, man, I heard you a big time St. Louis Cardinals fan. And, you know, he just went on and on and on and on about it. He just went on and on and on about it. You know what I mean? And and that was the beauty of it. And you got you got him to open up. And so then I asked him, I said, all right, man, well, you know, the Dodgers are coming. And this was like during the whole time with the Dodgers and the, and, the, and the St. Louis Cardinals were kind of going at it in the playoffs and things like that, kind of year, year in and year out almost. And, uh, you know, his fandom started really coming out then. So it was, it was just a cool moment on camera where you're able to do those types of things and you're able to just draw those things out. And that's what I love about it, whether it's the WNBA players, whether it's the NBA players, the NFL. And then a lot of times, as you know, Jose, there are certain you know entities or certain individuals that try to keep you away from that. They won't call on you or they don't give you that opportunity to ask those questions. They yeah. keep with the same five stiffs that they've always kept in with. And then it's like, well, damn, man, you know, and then you expect me to write something or, you know, critique or report on something. Well, how the hell can I effectively report on it if I don't get caught on? My audience is just as important as as theirs. <laughs> exactly. You want me to cover your team, but yet you won't give me exposure to it the right way in order to be able to do it the right way. Hey, man, you know the game, bro. You you know the game. So you, sometimes you just have to laugh at it. You gotta you you gotta laugh and keep from crying sometimes or getting frustrated. <laughs> and you just have to laugh at it, man. You just gotta take it in stride. Know who you are. Be strong in this business. Have a backbone. And, and enjoy it, man. Have fun with yeah. it, man. That's the thing, man. Just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just enjoy it and be you. That's it. Yeah. Nick yeah. Hamilton joining us from Los Angeles, California, my hometown, from Nightcast Media, here live on Straight Bet Sports on Gorilla Cross Radio. Now, I, I like what you were saying about, you know, oh, you know, you asked Billy Bob Thornton about the St. Louis Cardinals, and then he went off. When I first started doing this, I believe it was the second season, Quan, the, the, the Knights had Paul Stasny. Was that year two? Yeah, so year two. He was a Liverpool fan. I had an Arsenal jacket. I went to one of the games. Mags tells me, I don't know if you remember Mags. He yeah. tells me, he goes, hey, just so you know, he's a Liverpool fan. So as soon as you go in the locker room after the game, this is when they were still allowing media in the game. As soon as you go in the locker room, make sure if he's there, you walk up to him. I guarantee you he's going to start talking to you. <laughs> sure enough, I walk up to him. He comes up to me. I don't have to say anything. He goes, Arsenal fan, huh? I was like, nah, nah, I just wearing the jacket. He goes, nah, nah, you don't wear the jacket if you're not a fan. And it sparked up a different conversation that had nothing to do with the hockey game. 
You know what I mean? So so I totally I totally get that. When you think outside the box and you do more, I mean the way I look at it, it's like the way I, and I say it's like fan side. You got to think the way a fan would think at times and ask that type of question. Granted, you're not like always going to ask a fan question, but some of these things that aren't being asked are things that will spark that conversation with these athletes, which is amazing, man. I love that you bring that up. All right, Nick. Let's talk some let's talk some sports now. Some some sports sports. All right, let's go. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Rams, man, especially with the big move that we all know what the big move was this offseason. The, the, basically, the trade for Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford, which was the biggest thing. Um, I, I mentioned to Rob, Deshaun Jackson signed with the L.A. Rams, which a lot of people didn't know about as well. Um, big possibility from what I'm looking at that he'll probably be the number three guy, if anything. He's, he's up there in age, but I think he might be a security blanket, something good there. For Matthew Stafford, we know what Matthew Stafford did and didn't do in Detroit. You know what I mean? He did break a lot of records. Let's give him credit for that. You know, he holds a lot of records. Just couldn't do anything. Couldn't win it when it mattered. No playoffs, things of that nature. Now, completely different team. He's in L.A. Sean McVay, fifth year. Took him to the Super Bowl. That was the year that I started covering media. Actually, no, it was the year before I started covering media. They made it the next year after that. Jared Goff got a lot of criticism after that Super Bowl. He wasn't the same type of player, or if anything went wrong, whether it was offensively or defensively, it seemed that he always got the blame. Jared Goff is no longer here. Matthew Stafford's in. So far from everything with these you know, training camps and everything going on, what, what, what are you seeing here with the chemistry? What are you hearing with the players and the coaches when it comes to Matthew Stafford and how he's connecting with everybody on the squad? Well, first of all, man, Matthew Stafford was stuck in Detroit. Detroit, the Lions <laughs> organization is a terrible organization. Now, I don't know what's going to be like this coming season because they have a lot. They made some offseason moves as far as the executive position is concerned. Obviously, coaching. Uh, Anthony Lynn is not a running backs coach, so that should help. Uh, but you got to have personnel. And the thing about it is once Megatron left, that really took some air out of, out of the sails of Matthew Stafford. And you saw that in Detroit. And he was he, you could tell he wasn't happy. Now, he may not publicly admit it, but you look at a person's body language. You can pretty much tell when they're excited, when they're when they're, you know, look, looking forward to going to work every day. And a guy that just has to punch the clock because he's under contract. And that's what it seemed like to me in Detroit with Matthew Stafford. So this was a godsend for Matthew Stafford to be sent to Los Angeles with a with a great organization like the Los Angeles Rams. And the thing about it is when I first heard about it, I was skeptical because I'm saying, how is Matthew Stafford going to fit into this system? And how much of this system that Sean McVay has executed is going to change and be able to fit the type of system that Matthew Stafford is accustomed to? Because also, too, I look at the wide receivers. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Now they drafted Tutu Atwell, who yep. I think is going to be a stud. Uh, you brought in Deshaun Jackson, as you mentioned earlier, who's a veteran who can possibly stretch the field. Definitely has that speed. Unfortunately, he was slowed down by some injuries in the last few years, uh, which was really sad to see because you definitely know how talented Deshaun Jackson yeah. is. Overall, good dude. Um, I've you know I've, I've been critical of him in, in times prior, but he's an overall good dude. Loves his community, loves the city. Happy to be back in the city of Los Angeles. You know, down the street from where he first started his football career, Darby Park in Inglewood. He'll be playing at SoFi Stadium on Sundays. Um, so I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the O-line. Obviously, Andrew Whitworth is coming back. This is going to be his final season, more than likely. And then, you you know, Havelstein is going to be on that line. So you guys, you have some pieces in place. I love the running game. Cam Akers is getting a lot more burn. Be the number one running back, obviously. Uh, uh, you know, they, they have some, some great running backs behind him. Uh, when I look at the wide receivers, when I look at the tight ends, 
you know, Josh J, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby, I'm sorry. Tyler Higby is 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 you know a guy that can definitely uh, you know move the needle, move the chains. Uh, the defense is something that I'm looking, I'm really going to be paying attention to a lot more, especially some guys that have been departed like John Johnson the third, guys like that on the secondary. Of course, you still have Jalen Ramsey, who ultimately is top three, top four in the NFL when it comes to his position. Uh, but you know, you obviously you got the the, the three time defensive player of the year, and Aaron Donald probably going to be four time defensive player of the, the year beast. by the season's end. I mean, he's he's absolutely he's the first ballot Hall of Famer already. If he stopped playing football today, he'd be in, he'd be in Canton. Uh, that's just the way it is. That's no just doubt how about great, it. Uh, you know, Aaron Aaron Donald is AD ninety nine as the, as he likes to be called. So, I think the Rams, the sky's the limit. I look at the, they're playing in one of the tougher divisions in football in the NFC West. But I do believe they can win the division if they stay healthy, continue to take one game at a time. But the biggest games to me for the Los Angeles Rams, not just physically, but mentally, will be able to do to defeat the San Francisco 49ers, who pretty much have had the cloud over their head. Pretty much they've been, uh, let's just say, I, I, I don't think in you want to I don't think you want to say that. Uh, Rob, <laughs> Rob's a Niner fan and uh, so is Quan. Listen, it is what it is, man. I mean, the, the, the Rams, the Rams, listen, the Rams have not been able to shake the monkey off their back known as the San Francisco 49ers. They just have it. And the 49ers on paper have been a lesser team because they've been decimated with injuries the last couple of seasons. And they've still been able to marginalize wins over the L.A. Rams. So hopefully the bleeding stops with Matthew Stafford this year. Even if they split the season series, fine. Just get a damn win. <laughs> Just get one get one from them at least, right? Just one, baby. So look, Nick, you also mentioned the defense. We know Brandon Staley took off, went across the locker room, head coach at the L.A. Chargers now. Raheem Morris takes over as a defensive coordinator first year. We know his history. We know what he did in Tampa. We know what he did in Atlanta as intern. What are your thoughts on that move, and and how do you see that shaping up with the defense overall as him taking the lead there? I think it was a fantastic hire. First of all, props to Les Need and Sean McVay for even having the gall enough and the wherewithal to be able to reach out to Raheem Morris and say, hey, we want you on our staff. We know you're coming up. We want you on our staff. And for him to accept the, the position, you know, kudos to him as well. The players love him. You know, the players always say, hey, man, Raheem is right there. He knows exactly where you're supposed to be. He knows that if you're an inch off or so, he's that detailed. But he's also going to build you up. He's going to make sure he's going to put you in prime position for progress and success. And that's what they needed. Um, I hope Raheem Morris sticks around for more than just one season because, as we know, you cannot build a chemistry and a culture if you're continuing to rotate defensive coordinators or offensive coordinators year in and year out. That's not that's not conducive. That is, excuse me, that is con- that's not conducive, rather, to uh, product- to a productive season and productive culture. So hopefully he sticks around for at least a couple of seasons, maybe two or three seasons, where they can build something and really build a rapport with one another uh, and, and really build that defense the way he is. Because I do believe Raheem Morris is a defensive technician. What can you tell me about second-year offensive coordinator? I don't know much about Kevin O'Connell, but what, what can you tell me about him and what he brings to this offense, especially now with Matthew Stafford again? he has to switch to a new offensive coordinator again. Well, I think the familiarity with the rest of the players, when you look at the, with the players that I mentioned earlier, especially with Cam Akers going into his second year, coming off an incredible rookie season. But I also think 
you know, if you look at what he did with Jared Goff at times, especially in the preseason, he worked on, you know, he found the weaknesses or tried to work on weaknesses that Jared Goff had as far as the footwork is concerned. And the one thing I can say that you saw a, a slight improvement in his footwork at times, especially in and out of the pocket. So whatever his weaknesses are, that Kevin O'Connell feels that he, that, that, and speaking of he, I'm meaning uh, uh, Matthew Stafford, whatever weaknesses that Matthew Stafford appears to have, Kevin O'Connell is going to zero in on those and make sure that those are at least going to be used as strengths later on as the season progresses. Now, obviously, it's going to be chemistry, and that's the beautiful thing about having voluntary, you know, workouts because most of the guys showed up, including Matthew Stafford. Because when we, when I spoke to him during the the, the you know the uh, you know the OTAs and and the volunteer camp, he said, "Look, man, I'm new here. I got to get to know these guys. I got to develop something with these guys." I got to know what my timing is. I got to know what these guys like, the languages and things like that. So for me, that shows a hell of a lot of initiative and that shows a dedication on his part because we all know the quarterback is the leader of the team. And however the quarterback goes, most of the time, the team goes. And so when you look at the leadership qualities of a Matthew Stafford and what he's displayed thus far, I think that I think Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams are on the correct track. Nick Hamilton joining us live from Los Angeles, California, from Nightcast Media here on Guerrilla Cross Radio, Straight Bet Sports. I'm your host, Jose V, Rob G, Jay Madrazos, Quan 5'9 up in the building. So final question I have about the Rams. This one actually comes from a good friend of the show, a good friend of ours, Goose Thomas from Let the Ball Bounce. He chimes in on Facebook. He says it's basically Super Bowl or bust for the Rams, no in between. Disagree or agree on that? No, I, I think you have to agree, especially with the, uh, hello, the Super Bowl is in L.A. I mean, you saw what Bruce <laughs> Arians did with the Tampa Bay Bucks last year. So I hope that Sean McVay and I, I'm going to ask Sean McVay this question at some point, probably at training camp, whenever they make him available at training camp coming up later on in, in, the, in the year. I mean, excuse me, in the month, rather. But I remember something Bruce Arians said. He told his players, he said, look, the Super Bowl is going to be held here. Do you want someone else to be dressing in your locker room? And he said that speech stuck with them. He let it marinate into their brain cells to the point where they played their asses off and they made sure they got to the Super Bowl. Of course, they had a guy named Tom Brady. That didn't that wasn't too shabby either. But all of those guys had to be on one accord. And I think the Rams have to be on one accord. Do they want somebody else dressing in their locker room come February of 2022 when Super Bowl 56 kicks off in Los Angeles in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium? That's got to be the question. So if they can answer the bell, I think that it's definitely got to be Super Bowl or a bust for the Los Angeles Rams, especially this year. And there's so many factors involved. We saw it last year with Tom Brady leaving New England, going to Tampa Bay, winning it at home. Are we going to see history repeat itself this year? It's yet to be seen. Don't get me wrong. Me, me, me as someone from L.A., I'm not a Rams fan, but I like to support L.A. teams. I think that would be amazing. And if they get everything back to normal, which they still owe us a Laker parade, then that might be a nice parade there to mix it up with the Dodgers as well. So good stuff there, man, on the Rams. We greatly appreciate you t talking to us about that because I know you cover the teams and you're there, and it's stuff that I can't do because I'm not there. So I've been wanting to get your input in that, especially with the NFL season right around the corner. So greatly appreciate you. We got to jump into some NBA basketball, though. I do want to ask you about what, what what's the future holds for the Clippers and the Lakers moving forward here. But before we get into that, NBA Finals, guys. NBA Finals started last night, Nick. Line closed at minus five and a half, as we were talking about earlier, over and under two nineteen and a half. Phoenix covered that without a problem. After the third quarter, they basically just started running away with the game after that. It kind of looks like they figured out the way Milwaukee was going to play this game, and they just took over. Obviously, we saw what Chris Paul did. We know that Chris Paul, he wants this. It's finally his time. It seems like it's his time. 
118-105 final here. Now, Nick, it's only game one, obviously. There, there, there's still a lot more of a series to go. Milwaukee didn't look bad to begin this game. Obviously, Chris Middleton, from what we've seen in these last few games, going back to the last series, he's become the leader of this team. Not to take anything away from Giannis Antetokounmpo, but Chris Middleton is stepping up big. Now, I wanted to ask you a question, and I heard this on the radio. I, for, I forgot who said it, so I'm not taking credit for it, but I did hear it on the radio. It was something said about that Milwaukee is playing better and they're a better team without Giannis, but they're a better team with Giannis because when Giannis is on the floor, he's taken away from other guys that can facilitate and do other things, right? Possibly different shots, different angles on the floor when they're moving around. He takes away that. As where when that doesn't happen, Chris Middleton is doing a lot, but the rest of the team, guys that you don't see, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, other players step up. Now, I don't know if I agree with that. I still think you got Giannis. You got to help the Giannis. You're going to play him regardless. But do you agree or disagree with that statement? Well, I don't know what that person was drinking before they made that <laughs> statement. I mean, somebody should take, you know, it's not safe to drink and drive or whatever. <laughs> drink. I mean, first of all, listen, they're not better without Giannis. Yes, they, they just stepped up in a moment that they had to, much like if you corner a mongoose, no matter how, if you seven feet tall, that mongoose is going to get on his hind legs and try to do his best to try to defend itself, even though it knows that it has little chance in hell of defeating you, but it's going to try its hardest. It's going to step up to the occasion. The same thing with the Milwaukee Bucks. They rose to the occasion. They knew that there was an opportunity for them to make the NBA Finals, something they hadn't done since, what, 1975? So they had a golden opportunity to, to be able to get to that point. And they were going to seize the moment. And they had to. And so that's exactly what they did. But, I, I mean, that's asinine to sit up here and say they don't need Giannis. Because if they didn't have Giannis, I mean, come on, dude. And Giannis out here playing like he Kirk Gibson out here in these, in these basketball streets. Kirk so, Gibson? <laughs> yeah, he, and his, his finest Kirk Gibson. Oh, shout out to my guys at H&B Media. Uh, but, yeah, he out here, you know, he out here trying to get his Kirk Gibson on. I'm going to get one for the giver. Uh, you know, and that type yeah. of deal. But, I mean, he played pretty well last night. I give him credit. I mean, at, this, at one point, the Suns had, what, a 20-point lead? Yeah. And they dwindled down to about 8 to 10 points. And then, you know, Monty brought in the, 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 the his big three and Booker, uh, DA, and CP. And they got back down to business. And that's what they're going to have to do. And make no mistake, in game two, they're going to make, you know, Budenholz is going to make adjustments, but he doesn't make the greatest defensive adjustments. And that's what's going to really burn them in the long run is the defensive adjustments. Monty Williams is a quality coach. He, To me, he, still, he should have been coach of the year, hands down. Respect to Tom Thibodeau, but Monty Williams should be been coach of the year because a lot of people did not expect him to be number two all season long. Find me one person outside the city of Phoenix that thought the Phoenix Suns would be in the NBA Finals this year with the team they had that includes Chris Paul, and I'll call them a damn liar because there's no <laughs> way in hell you thought that. You thought they would be decent. Like, we all thought, hey, man, they're going to make the playoffs, you know, maybe make the first round, maybe the second round, depending on injuries, depending on how things shape up in the West. Nobody, we didn't think he was going to make the final. I even said, hey, man, I thought the Suns were one player away from making the NBA Finals. Damn, was I wrong. So how many other people were wrong that didn't even think they were going to even make it to the NBA Finals in the next, not just this year, but maybe in another year? So let me ask you this question, and this is my argument. I... To I, and I'm going to die with this. And I rarely do I ever jump on a wagon like this and try to stick to it. But Chris Paul 
should have won the MVP <laughs> this year. I'm sorry. I just and, and it's it's proving with what he's doing now in the playoffs. I know it's not, you know, it's regular season, it's not the playoffs MVP. Jose, but Jose, I, I, I Jose. think he should have won it. Where where you sipping the cookie? You, <laughs> you gonna sit up here with a straight face and tell me as as knowledgeable as you are, <sighs> as credible as you are, Jose. I've been knowing you for a while. You know your stuff. You know what you're talking about. Your co-hosts know what you're talking about. That's why they want to join the show. They want to be around greatness as they, as they're great as well. Quan knew what you were talking about. That's why he let you on his. <laughs> you gonna sit up here with a straight face? And have the audacity to sit up here and say that Chris Paul should have been the MVP over the Joker? What games were you watching? But, but again, and, and here, here's, here, here's my, my argument. I don't take anything away from Joker. Let me get that 100% correct. Murray went down, which is the piece of that team. Obviously, with him and him and Djokovic, it's huge. I get that. So that was huge for what he did to carry that team and have that. But let's be real. Without Chris Ball, did we really, and not us in general, fans, did you really think Phoenix was going to be in the playoffs? I don't think so. Were they a hot team at the end of the bubble? They went undefeated, I believe. Yes. But look at what Chris Paul brought to this team. The chemistry, the way they played. Not only that, you said Monty Williams should have been, you know, um, 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 coach of the year. He also made Monty Williams' job a lot easier, if we're being honest. You don't think that? I will say this much. I thought the Phoenix Suns without Chris Paul could be an easy seventh or eighth seed, even if they had to play going through the playing round, because obviously we know they add teams, you know, seeds nine and 10 now, uh, like we in the NCAA. <laughs> but anyway, I thought they would at least make the first round of the playoffs because they had a Devin Booker. You had a growing DeAndre Ayton. You had Cameron Payne. You had guys around that could get it, but you did, I agree with you. You needed that engineer. You needed that conductor that could move the train like a Chris Paul and settle these guys down. And we even noticed that during the Clippers series when you didn't have Chris Paul, guys, certain plays, guys would be either hesitant or they would be too aggressive and miss out on the play or miss the cutoff guy or miss the open man. And that's not something Chris Paul would. If Chris Paul was on that floor, he would have settled it down you know, dribble, okay, dribble, dribble. All right, we got 14 on the clock. Okay, let's run this play now. And that's what you would have saw, the discipline. So I think Chris Paul not only brings just the greatness that he is, but he also brings a discipline on the floor that they hadn't seen. And then guys are young enough to listen to Chris Paul um, and be able to adhere his guidance and his wisdom and, and make them better players as well. So, yeah, I, I think Chris Paul should have been in the running for MVP as far as he should have definitely been in the conversation for MVP because okay. I said the three people that should have been in the in the MVP race and that was it was Joker, Joel Embiid, and Chris Paul. And I do believe if Joel Embiid would have played in 80, you know, 72 games or whatever it was this season, he would have probably healthy, won it. I think Joel Embiid should have been the MVP. Period. But yeah. Joker played all his games, and so you can't you can't deny that. And he was very impactful, like you said, without a Jamal Murphy when he went down. He was still impactful. And you saw that even in the playoffs, he was still impactful at times. But he just, against the Phoenix Suns, he just ran out of gas. Love your input. And again, I don't disagree with it. We just all have our opinions, and that, that's all it is. But Nick. You know I'm going to have fun with you. <laughs> I'm I, hey, that's what the show's all about, man. We got to have a good time and just be ourselves. That's all it is, man. But before we let you go, let, let, let real quick, I want to know who do you think ends up winning the series? And then after that, what's going on in LA? What, what, what can we see? What can we expect this offseason? Because the Lakers got to do something, and I believe so do the Clippers. So real quick, who do you have winning this series? And then the final two. 
Oh man, we got Suns and Six keeping the West Coast to okay. the casket drop. Suns, Suns and, and six. six. Okay, there we go. Remember, Nick said it. Suns and Six. Let's go. Now, L.A. L.A. What do we got going on between the locker rooms there, Nick? What can we expect this offseason? Oh, what are you man. hearing? What are the ramblings? Or what do you believe that both Lakers and Clippers need to do during this offseason to get better for next season? Well, I think Spencer Dunwoodie obviously has been uh, uh, been seen out here. We know his choices have come down to the Lakers and Clippers, maybe a little bit more uh, towards the Lakers, which would be a good pickup for the Lakers. I, th- I like Spencer Dunwoodie. I think he's a really good player. I think he's a great addition to whatever team, especially the right team that's going to be a contender. Um, so you, they're going to have to figure it out. First of all, you have Anthony Davis, and I like Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is a, is a really good player. I think he's a he's a really good number two player, much like how we saw Pau Gasol next to Kobe Bryant. I think he's great next to LeBron James. But the injury factor continues to come up time and time again. So what are you going to do to not, if he does go down for a significant period of time, and hopefully, you know, up to the basketball guys that he won't go down for a significant time. But if he does, what are you going to do to stop the bleeding that you didn't do this season? Um, And I think the biggest mistake the Lakers made was not re-signing Dwight Howard because I do believe if you had uh, Dwight Howard in the mix with LeBron James, with everyone else, they wouldn't have lost as many games. They may have been at maybe drop from maybe the, the the two seed to the four seed, but you still would have had a significant drop where they almost weren't even in the playoffs. Yeah. They had to make the play in tournament. That was appalling. Um so I don't I don't know what can go on with the Lakers. I think you got an aging LeBron James. I mean LeBron is still great as he is, but he's still aging. Um he's not the same LeBron. I think that the championship window is tighter than the Beyonce jumpsuit at this point. <laughs> uh I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna win another championship. I think the championship window may be too tight for them to squeeze through. Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. But it's definitely got. It's definitely shrunk since the last time they won the championship in 2020 in the bubble. So they're gonna have to figure some things out. Uh, the coaching hires, as far as uh, what they're gonna do with the with the assistant coaches now that Jason Kidd has departed for Dallas. Um, I know Jason Kidd was really beloved by the players, especially LeBron James on that coaching staff. So that's going to be interesting Interesting to see. Um, but to me, the Lakers have got to find some type of synergy. They've got to stay healthy. They've got to find a backup for Anthony Davis. And they got to get themselves a point guard. Uh, everybody talks about Damian Lillard. I don't really see that happening unless a third team may be involved where they can make that trade. Yeah. And I think Rob Palenka is probably going to try every possibility he can if he does want to make that trade and reach out to Neil O'Shea. Uh, but they've got to get some you know, some 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 quality point guard work out of a top-notch point guard. Now, whether that be Russell Westbrook, if he decides to come to Los Angeles, if they can pull him to L.A., or if that be Damian Lillard or somebody of that caliber. But they're going to have to get somebody because LeBron cannot continue to move the ball within the 94 feet for three quarters and expect him to close it out in the fourth quarter knowing his age. The, the man is old in basketball years. Not old as a person, but just older in basketball years. So you got to take, he's got to make sure he takes care of his body and you got to keep him healthy. We saw what happened with the ankle injury, unfortunately, that took him down. Um, so that's, that's got to be something too. And then on the Clippers side, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Ty Lue, first of all, props to Ty Lue. I, my sincerest congratulations to Ty Lue uh, for taking the franchise for their first ever Western Conference Finals appearance. Um, I thought that was significant. I think, I think a lot of people kind of just glossed over it. But Ty Lue got that team right. Ty Lue 
The difference with Ty Lue is the fact that Ty Lue listened to his players, guys like Paul George, guys like Kawhi. But he also instituted a rule of discipline where he said, look, I'm going to listen to you guys, but you guys are going to listen to me as well. And my, my word is final, but I will take input because I want to understand where you all are coming from. And that's something that Paul George has said all season. You know, that's the one thing he liked about Ty Lue is that he's willing to listen to his players and say, hey, what, what do you think works? What do you think does it? So I think he's going to have to continue that. Obviously, he won't be able to do that with, with, with Chauncey Billups, who's now the head coach of the Blazers. Well, I think Chauncey did a, a fantastic job on the bench. So it's going to be interesting to see how they feel their assistant coach role uh, moving forward as well, alongside Kenny Atkinson and those guys on the, uh, assistant, on the assistant side. But the question is, will Kawhi Leonard return? That's going to be the biggest question mark. And there's no guarantee that Kawhi because nobody knows what the hell Kawhi is going to do but him and Uncle Dennis. <laughs> player nobody option, right? Knows. Yeah, he's, he's, he's player option. So you gave Paul George that big-time contract. And let me <clears> tell you something. Paul George played his ass off. Yeah. He worked it. He, this time he worked for it. You can't blame he him for that. You can't blame him for the loss. Yeah. penny of that contract. And nobody can say anything about Paul George. Yeah, he missed some key free throws, and the spirit of Ben Simmons entered his body during those times where he was able to miss those free throws. But aside from that, the man put the team on his back, especially when Kawhi Leonard went down with that unfortunate knee injury. So you can't say that the man is soft. You can't say that the man is weak because the man is absolutely strong. He put the team on his shoulders, carried them to the Western Conference Finals, made sure they went six games deep into the Western Conference Finals when everybody counted them out. In game five, thought the Suns were going to win in five. He had a career performance, got got the Clippers back to game six in Los Angeles. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. So the Clippers are going to have to make some moves. They're going to have to make some upgrades very quickly if they're going to try to get back into the NBA Finals, or at least get to the NBA Finals, I should say, because I think Pat Beverly needs to be on the move. I've never been a, a, a true fan of Zubak. I think Zubak is serviceable. But he's not a center that you can can work with and really put on night in and night out. Um, they're going to have to find somebody that's going to be serviceable. If Dwight Howard decides he wants to be out of Philly, I will immediately give a call to Dwight Howard if I could just to pull him away from the Lakers if I'm the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, it's just that simple. Uh, there's no reason why you wouldn't call a guy like Dwight Howard. Uh, Rondo didn't work out. Unfortunately, we didn't see playoff Rondo. I like Boogie Cousins. I think they should give Boogie another chance, maybe coming into that second unit. Um, but I think if you could package up Pat Beverly and a Zubac and somebody else, um, you know, I, I listen, Terrence Mann is, is that man. And that man is going to be having a big payday in just, a, in just a moment if he continues to play the way he's playing. And he has fueled that team. And you're going to have to build around him. You're going to have to build around Paul George and then prepare for life possibly without Kawhi Leonard. What are you going to do? How are you going to sell that new arena in 2024 uh, that you're going to plan to open up in Inglewood? you got to have some type of star power. There he is, Nick Hamilton, giving us all things L.A. Rams, Lakers, Clippers. Just, just a sprinkle a little bit. Now, Nick, I greatly appreciate you, man. It's getting a little late. We're going to go ahead and let you go. So we can finish up some other things here that we got to do as well. But before we do that, just want to say a big thank you to you for coming on the show. And let everyone know out there where they can find you on all things social media and everything to do with Nightcast Media as well. Well, I appreciate y'all kicking me the hell out of here. I appreciate that. <laughs> Telling me I'm running, making y'all run late. So that's cool. Blame the blackout. No, it's fine. No, no. 
<laughs> no, nah, I'm joking, man. Thank y'all for so much for having me on, man. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, excuse me, Jose. I am so happy for you, man. I'm excited for you. You know, I've seen you grow over the course of time, man, and you definitely continue to show and prove why you belong on that mic right there, man. And I'm looking forward to even bigger things for you in the next year or two. So keep grinding, keep doing what you're doing. To your outstanding co-host, man, congratulations to you guys as well. Um, you can find me at nightcastmedia.com. That's N-I-T-E-C-A-S-T-M-E-D-I-A.com. Find me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Find me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. And then go ahead and subscribe and download the YouTube channel at NH Experience TV. There you go, Nick Hamilton, all the way from Los Angeles, California. My man, we greatly appreciate you. Hopefully, we see you out here briefly next Wednesday when you'll be out here for the Aces All-Star Game, because I like to call it Aces All-Star Game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. I'll be out there, but I'll be low-key. I'll be lower than a worm's belly, because y'all is too damn hot out there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my man. Well, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Thank you. Nick Hamilton, sorry guys, I know you were over here just um, twiddling thumbs, trying to figure out what to say, what to do, but it's all good, man. That was a good, good little oh, conversation, good you know. It was good. Yeah. It was good. I've yeah. been wanting to bring Nick on for a while. Like I said, he covers the teams deeply. Like he knows the players, too. he talks to the players. You know, he does all that. He's there. They know who he is. Um, he'd be jumping on with Fred Rogan sometimes. I was telling you, going Rogan. I don't know if old you guys school, ever heard. Huh? Yeah, old, old school, school Fred Rogan. Rogan. So you know, it's cool to get someone on like that, especially very knowledgeable. But before we jump into the final part, the final segment of our night here. Gotta let you guys know who is sponsoring our final segment, obviously. Your second half of the show here. As always, the one and only Eric Navarro from Line em Up by Eric, our personal barber. Make sure you guys hit him up at 702-884-8138. If you need a haircut, you need to get cleaned up, you need to get your beard trimmed, you got a job interview, you got a date with that POF date that you just found on Tinder or whatever it may be, hit him up, man. Trust me, 702-884-8138. He's also on Instagram at Line em Up by Eric, L-I-N-E-E-M-U-P-B-Y-E-R-I-K. He's cutting out a five-star barbershop on 2696 West End Road, Suite 107. Make sure you hit him up. Let him know that Straight Bet Sports and Jose V and Rob G sent you. He'll go ahead and hook you guys up whenever you need a cut. Now, guys, we got a, we got a little over 10 minutes here, so we got a good enough amount of time. Obviously, Joel's wearing the jersey, which I should have brought mine. We were having the conversation in the car, Rob, before you got here. Argentina won yesterday in penalties, 3-2. They beat um, Colombia. Colombia, which was, it's nerve-wracking with the Copa America because there's no extra time, you know what I mean? No they go straight time. to penalties, so they make it a lot more nerve-wracking for you to watch. Messi shoots the first penalty, I, like I told you. I was so happy when I found out he was the first. I didn't want him to be the second, third, or even the last guy right. to shoot because we know his history with penalty kicks. He's not the greatest, and we know what can happen when he has to step up in those moments. But overall, he's had a great Copa America. Hasn't scored as much, but he's given a lot of great passes. I was having the conversation with my dad. I want to see if you guys agree. Past two games, what has been the difference? What have you seen? What I've seen and what I think is the difference, and I want to see what you guys think, is the cambio for Algen Di Maria. When Algen Di Maria comes on the pitch, you see the difference between him and Messi. You see the ball movement. You see the connection. You see the way the team starts moving. They scored in the previous game because of Angel Di Maria twice. He made a lot of things happen with Messi. Their, their connection is really good. But like you and I have talked about, he's older. He's not that guy anymore that you can just start and be part of the starting. But it's crazy how you can have that type of player on the bench. My dad says the same thing. My dad thinks Angel Di Maria's past his prime, and it's good when he comes off the bench. Now, 
I don't know what you guys think. I think that Angel Di Maria was the biggest difference overall in these past two games. Even though they had to go to extra times, in the second half, Argentina didn't do much, and Colombia was the attacking team. As where when Di Maria came in, that changed up a bit. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Would you? I mean, you saw the game. You know, who? What do, what do you think? No, yeah, no, I, no, definitely. Di Maria definitely passed his prime, and he's always been uh, keeping that consistency. And if you think about it, he's missed the past finals, you know? So it's kind of smart that they're, like, not playing him, like, the 90 minutes. So I'm like, it's finally going to be this game for Di Maria now. Hopefully he doesn't come short like he did with Iwain when when Argentina needed him, you yeah. know? So, you know, definitely when he comes in, you just see that intensity and you have that experience now because, like you said, he's not that young Di Maria anymore. So he's on that half where he's been playing with guys like him, Kuhn. He's what, 30, 33? He's up there too, Man, right? Yeah. High 30s. I don't want to yeah. say up there, but... <laughs> early 30s, early 30s. Yeah, I mean, in soccer years, though, yeah. like he's already he's already played, you know, past, past his prime. prime. Yeah, for definitely. sure. I don't know if he's past his prime. I just always known that he's always been... A, no matter what team he plays for, he's always been an intricate part, right? Yeah. Most recently, I remember him with PSG, PSG. and just being... He's always involved, right? When we take it back to when Argentina went to the final, right, against... Yeah. Um, uh, Germany, Germany. Yeah. right? Just that whole World Cup, like he—he he was mean, the he, game. He was the difference. He had a nice guy. goal against <laughs> France, right? I mean, well, you know, he, he had a nice goal. Um, so I mean, he's always played an intricate part. He's always known as that fast wing, you know, wing kind of coming from the side. He's good with his crosses, though, right? His yeah. crosses in, and, and he—he's uh, a good free kick. He he's so good at splitting defenders he, too. Bro. He just Breaking overall, he—he yeah. he, he plays an intricate part. He plays such an important role, and for to see him kind of come off the bench and play those minutes and see him getting minutes, I think that that Argentina definitely is better with him. Um, and and those and in those moments he rises to the occasion. I think he's even with Real Madrid going back to Real Madrid before yeah. PSG, right? Always played, always a starter. Um, and I, I don't want to, I don't want. I think it's a little harsh to say he's past his prime, but um, I, I think he's maybe just for not, the selection, probably, but not the clubs. Yeah, Club, yeah I mean, club yeah. he's killing. He yeah, went to the in soccer years, PSG, like yeah. like Nick was saying, like in football years and soccer years, he's a little bit older. But um, I, I, he, they, they need to keep doing what they're doing with him, uh, plugging him in when they need to later in the game. When it's uh, necessary. Don't yeah. just rush to get him in. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, Scaloni, yeah. the, the technical, just yeah. so you guys know, in Copa America, I think it was, since he's been, or I think since he's been the technical, he's never beat Colombia with Argentina. They had two draws and two losses, I believe. And the last time they played in the Copa America was a 2 nothing loss to Colombia. So as soon as we got the tie and we got the penalties, I'm sitting there going, man, really? Here we go again. But, you saw the game. You saw yeah. highlights of the game, not the whole game, correct? Correct. So you saw the penales. Yeah. Martinez. Him getting in these guys. He was yelling, just smacking away, would not stop saying everything, doing the uh, after block, you know, just doing everything to get in their heads. And it worked. He blocked three penalties. Three. Three penalties. I mean, that's awesome, dude. That, that That's amazing to see. I'm happy, but yet we haven't got there yet. Messi still needs to win this one. We're having the conversation in the car. You said that this probably means more to Neymar, which I disagree because Neymar already has a Copa America. He's got the Olympics, like you said, the yeah. gold medal. Messi needs this to solidify his legacy. He has to win this Copa America. Not only that, if you win this, you're beating Brazil in Brazil. It's, it's in not Maracanã like, Exactly. You're not just beating them in a neutral site. You're, you're basically in their hometown, their home soil, their backyard, the spot that you want to play if you're at in Brazil. 
This is Costley's last one too. I mean, I know this is, yeah, this is probably yeah, his last one. Now that they extended it to four years, every four years instead of every two years. I mean, you think about it. I mean, a bunch of players came out and said that. Uh, you know, Godin came out and said that this is his last Copa America. So there's players. Godin's thirty six too, though, bro. Uh yeah. I mean, I get, <laughs> but, but I mean, players in that you know in that you know era. I don't say era, but they are you know they're all coming out saying you know this is possibly my last one, right? Because another one's not for four years or three years, right? To get kind of back back on track. They're having this year. Because of 2020, right? Yeah. So it's going to be what 2024 is the next one, right? Much, Keep it on the yeah. even years. Is Messi going to still be playing for the international team? International? I no, right. I don't think so. He'll still be playing club, I, but I don't think. And if anything, he'll. But so I can't you, even say they'll have him on the bench because I don't think he'll ever take that type of role. So you think this has like this is even bigger? That makes it even bigger it makes for it, him. This right? is the final. It's not like he has another too? chance in two years. He's got four years to wait to play in another one of these. He's got to win three years. Sorry, three years. He's got the win. World Cup next year. You know? And then you got the World Cup next. I mean, he's got to win. If it, bro. I were him, I mean, a Copa America is a, is, a, is a great accomplishment. Yeah. And all, you know, it's like winning the Euro if you're in Europe, and you're, bro. Yeah, right. Your continent, but, right? I, mean, I feel just like the Euros is still on another level. To be honest with you, just okay. because of the type of competition, uh, and then you got the World Cup. So you know, the Copa America is is something that you know have you know is nice to have under your belt. But for the, the position that Argentina's in, playing in the, the Copa America, I think the World Cup is. Is kind of where my focus would be at versus you know obviously you would take it when you're yeah. in the final but I'd still be looking After at a he World lost Cup too as well you got to I'd be one. looking at a World Cup now we got five minutes left you did bring up Euro my primo Eddie says Di Maria should start in the final but he thinks Brazil wins two one but talking about the Euro real quick <laughs> just scoot skate over there who do you guys who do you guys have winning on Saturday Brazil or Argentina honest straight up you have the Messi jersey on Sunday Argentina Argentina Rob I'm gonna go with Brazil I mean they're at home you know. I remember what Germany did to Brazil in Brazil. Seven, remember in the same stadium, too. In the same, in the same, oh. same stadium. So you know what? That maybe has they may have some good juju going on right there when they play in that stadium to see. I'm what, gonna you know. say Argentina no, wins three one. Huh? They got bad juju. No, so I say, oh, so I said good. So my bad. Say Argentina, Argentina wins yeah. three one. Yeah. That's my prediction. Three one. Wow. Yeah. But moving on real quick, guys. We we got to talk about this real quick. Euro as well because I know Quan's hyped up. He was excited about the Euro. He said the Euro is where it is. Italy wins in penalties to move on. I told you I thought Denmark would win it all just because of the hype and everything going on. That didn't happen. England pulled it off, obviously. Now they're playing really at home. Game. Playing at home. Really good game. Playing at home at Wembley Not a penalty. against Italy. Does Chiellini, does Chiellini get the, 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 the Euro Cup? Does Italy get it? Or does Harry Kane get the Euro Cup? Sterling, do they take it and stay at I think home? That's with a it? lot riding on their shoulders, right? And. We, I think we talked about it, you know, what an episode or two ago about how good is England? How good are they? Are they a little yeah. bit of fool's gold, right? Are they a little bit of fool's gold? And, you know, Germany's not the same team, so yeah, it's a big win, but, we, you know, we said they're not the same team. Uh, it's it's going to be tough. You got, that's a lot riding on your shoulders. I think yeah. that's I think that's bigger than Brazil playing at home, right? You get you get to play at home in the Euro, which we talked to, you know, we think some of us think that yeah. the Euro's a little bit bigger of a, of a, of a competition. <clears throat> And, <laughs> and and uh and then you gotta live up to that, right? And they'd be huge, but I'll be honest with you, I think Italy is super underrated. Uh, you know, for them, you know, for all the things that they've had to go through for both teams, don't get me wrong, in this Euro Cup, uh, you know, from what they're both coming. I like it. I like Italy. I don't I don't care if it's on home court, Wembley, you know, that stadium's gonna be eighty percent, you know, uh, you know, England fans. I like Italy. I think they have the poise to take this, and I think just it's too much on on England. It's just too much. So they're gonna crack under pressure. So, who, so you think England's gonna lose? I think Italy's Italy gonna wins. win. I think Italy wins. Uh, I say three one. I'll go with you. Three one. 
All right. Italy wins 3-1 on that end. What do you got for the Euro Cup? I have Italia 2-0. <laughs> Let's Italia. go. Yeah, <laughs> They've been consistent the whole tournament. So They've been playing yeah. great. They've been playing really good. I, I guess it's a clean sweep. They're tested in, I mean, they're tested in, in, in penalties, right? They've, they've been through almost all, all of it. Right? They've, they've, yeah, I, I like them. My grandfather's Italian, so you know I'm rooting with Italy. We're going to go for it. The clean sweep. Quan, we got to get your thoughts, though. Who wins it? Italy or England? <laughs> the whole, the I'm all about pizza and spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even a question, but I'm just over here. Man. I'm just over here, real quick, on POF, trying to find a Tinder date. <laughs> <laughs> you got you. You got to use his promo code. You get five. Ten yeah. percent off. First five dates are free. I <laughs> <laughs> just signed up to Bumble. I'm trying oh, to get girls instead. They uh, first five profile likes are free. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, but man, that was a good show, man. Fun times. Definitely appreciate everybody involved in it, man. We're coming to the end here. But big shout-out to the Las Vegas Aces. 65-60 right now in the fourth quarter. Nine minutes to go. They're beating the Phoenix Mercury. Took my 10 bucks. I got my 10 bucks. Real quick, sure. the yeah. bet that we had. I want another 10 on the Aces. I, okay, I so the Aces. Yeah. Before, before the show ends, and we'll talk about and it next week quarter, on next week's show. I'm not taking the bet. Bet. You're not going to take it? Come on. He's up nothing. cashing out. Here's the thing. I wanted to bet him that the Aces would win when they were down by nine. Oh, so you didn't listen, bro. So we're not. So in other words, too late. the bet that was going on, Stanley Cup Finals Game 5, Montreal versus Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay was up one nothing. Quan said Montreal would come back and win. They took that bet between him and Rob. As you know, they like to bet a lot. You got to take that bet, even money. We know what the result was. Tampa Bay wins the championship once again. 4-1 final overall with the series, four games to one. So Rob takes that money. But we'll if see you guys what are the familiar next with the show, uh, Jose guaranteed the Las Vegas... Uh, Golden Knights for going to win. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Quan. Appreciate <laughs> you. But if you also been following my show since 2017, then you also know that I said that the Aces were going to be the first professional franchise to bring a championship here before I said what I said about the Knights this year. So we'll see what happens. They're technically the best team in the league right now, so we'll see how that ends up. But once again... There goes the jinx. There goes the jinx. Oh, <laughs> once again, big shout-out to Nick Hamilton joining us all the way from Los Angeles, California, out of Nightcast Media. We greatly appreciate him. Check him out on all things social media. He has a lot of stuff going on. Hopefully, we can have him on the show again in studio next time. Jay Madrasos, we greatly appreciate you, man. I know you're going to be out there you. at all the games as well. Hopefully, thank you guys you, all you. had a great 4th of July. I forgot to throw that out there. I know I didn't say have a great fourth last show, but I hope all you guys had a great one and you enjoyed yourself. Was safe out there. And condolences to the hockey player, the goalkeeper that passed away. Oh, 24 years yeah. old, man. Died of a firework accident. I don't remember the name, so I don't want to butcher it. But if you guys know the sport, you know what happened. So, I mean, condolences to him, his family, anyone involved in that. That's tough, man, especially on a national, you know, celebrated holiday like that. It's crazy, man. But at 24 years old, it was the future of the franchise, but... You know, it sucks to hear it, man, but for, for myself, for Quan, Raf G, who decided to come back today, Jay Madrazos, I'll finish up with my final thoughts of the night. I just want to say thank you for our sponsors as well. Joshua Lafon, Eric Balanama, Eric, our personal barber, hit him up. But I was thinking about one thing uh, while I was driving here, actually, because we've watched a lot of motivational work, motivational videos at the 9 to 5 recently, and some st stuff stuck to me and I started to think about certain things and a lot of us in life have a plan B. We're ready just in case if, if, if this plan doesn't work out. We're ready to fail, basically. Have you ever thought about not having a plan B and just sticking to what's in front of you and putting it your all? Because whenever you have a plan B, what happens? You know what? Man, if this doesn't work out, at least I know I got that. That's what you're telling yourself. So you're never going to succeed in your first main goal. Think about it that way. It's okay to have a security blanket. It's okay to have that pillow just in case. 
but don't ever have the actual plan in place. Stay focused on what's in front of you. Create your own legacy and become what you want to become. And that's all that matters. Don't worry about what could happen. Worry about what's happening in front of you at that moment in time. Quan, I know the funny music is playing, but it's all good, man. We greatly appreciate you guys. Straight Bet Sports, Jose V, Guerrilla Cross Radio Network. We are out till next week. Peace. Peace.